Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello darlings and welcome to Big Little Shrine. It's the officially unofficial Big Little Lies podcast. It's Rebecca here and I'm very excited to give a big welcome back oh my to God. Hannah. <laughs> Hi, it's all the gals this week. Yeah, we are literally the Monterey 2 this week. We've kicked the men out of the studio. Poor the, Brendan's we gone. We hate men, we're burning our bras. <laughs> it's all gone very Monterey. Um, so Hannah, over the last two weeks, um, you have been at the biggest music festival in the world. I have been in Glastonbury, saw Dua Lipa. Yeah. Didn't see, any- oh, I saw Liam Gallagher's son get sick into a bin. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I went up to ask him for a photograph and he got sick into a bin and then he lay down on the ground. So I said I'd leave it. You said, listen, I, I said, won't right now. We've all been there. Yeah. So I left him, but I didn't meet any other celebrities, no actors. And then you come home and you log into, you know, you go online and you see all the famous people that have been there. I have never. Julie was the first person I've seen that's famous and I'd already met her. So you, I thought you meant you saw Julie Lipa and she was performing. You actually saw Julie Lipa walking around. Yeah, seen her walking around on the second day. Was she with Gigi Hadid's brother? Didn't catch who she was with, although I was only reading about that today. I yeah. thought she was still with the Elvis guy, but no, Not she's anymore. moved on. So yeah, in terms of um, actually spotting celebs, they were my only two. And what about the acts that you saw? Tell us. The acts are obviously incredible. I saw Stormzy on the Friday night. He was a real highlight for me. The Chemical Brothers. I saw Kylie. I saw Cheryl Crow. No, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. You didn't see Cheryl Cole. I (laughs) Cheryl Fernandez. I saw Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Oh, I want to soak up the sun. Did you see that? She was brilliant. Two o'clock on the Friday, like the first can. Like and Kylie played the legend stage. Kylie was. Or the pyramid stage? Is it the legend stage? The legend slot on the pyramid stage. And the sun just shone from the day we got there until the second we left. Like not a drop of rain. Like it was fab. Dream. Yeah. I feel like Kylie... I feel like Kylie and Renata would be really good friends. Like Kylie should have performed at Amabella's party last week, the disco themed. I swear to God, it was one of the most glam. 
Like I knew she was going to be classy, obviously, but I didn't think she was to that level. Like she came out in like a cream shirt tucked into like pantsuit bottoms with gold heels. And she's so tiny and so cute. And then her voice is incredible. And then she did all the dancers and she did like seven different outfit changes. Obsessed. The heels the entire time. She spoke like she's just such a lady. Like that's what I felt like you're, you're just looking at such a lady. So Hannah, you were hanging out with Liam Gallagher's son and basically me and Brendan in the same area in the same fields as Liam Gallagher's son obsessed me and Brendan were sitting here chatting all things big little lies now, I know I'm so sorry I felt so bad I abandoned you well, sure I was in Rome and now Brendan's away Brendan's as well gone. yeah so if the uh, audio quality of this podcast has dropped considerably <laughs> this week he is the man that kind of looks after that stuff I'm just blindly Brendan's talking Brendan's really the backbone of the podcast he, he oh, edits yeah. it he uploads it he fixes any like weird audio spikes. How we got or, away with all that? I'm not sure, but I have realised now that how much we appreciate Brendan. And also, how much it we just him. hit me while we're sitting here talking. Like, who's <laughs> me? Are you? <laughs> right. Well, don't make any mistakes. Yeah. Well, I'll try not to now. I'm don't a bit say nervous. I'm mad. So while you were away, yeah. uh, sunning yourself, swanning around Glastonbury, eating chips, drinking beer, everything. Then I went to Portugal. Then you went to Portugal. Sorry. Um, we have just been, you know, the weather has been all right in Dublin. You know, myself and Brendan went for a few lunches, dinners together. You went for, excuse me, we dinner did, yeah. without me? We went for, I mean, you were in Portugal. Fine. Um, and Raging. not not much has been going on, but my main question for you now is what, how, like, how were you catching up on Big Little Lies? Did you watch it when you came back? Were you like sneaking online, no. watching stuff? Okay. I was on... I don't think it was the plane home from Glastonbury. I had about 16 hours in between getting home from Glastonbury and going to Portugal, Jesus. which was a, a weird day. So on that day I was home, I watched the first episode that I missed. Yeah. And then over in Portugal, I had it downloaded on Now TV, my Now TV app, and I watched it over there. So I was caught up. I was watching it and I was listening to the podcast like a fan over oh, there. Thank it you was so, so much. Weird. We it was actually it. so weird. Our one listener, Hannah, who Woo! also does the podcast. <laughs> Um, and then tell me what were your highlights do you have any highlights of the two episodes that you saw yeah so I don't like my honest to god right so I've always said that I think I was born at the wrong in the wrong era yeah like Obviously, the job that I do involves social media and it's quite digital. But like if I had bit, if I had a choice, I have it worked out perfectly. So I would have been born in the 50s. Now, not Ireland because you would have had a terrible quality of life. Right. Yes. But I'm talking like um, in New York, mm-hmm. in the 50s, Manhattan, like middle class family. This is the dream. OK. Yeah. So then I'm like zero to ten in the 50s. I'm 10 to 20 in the 60s, so I've got the Beatles. Then I'm in my 20s for like Summer of Love, Studio 54, the disco, yeah. discovering drugs. So actually my highlight of the whole thing was what everyone wore to Amabella's disco party. It was phenomenal. Like I can't cope. It's my favourite era of style. Um, I just loved it all. We were saying that we should dress up as yes. them for Halloween. I want to be Amabella. <laughs> Who do you want to be? Right, now, do you mean from that particular event? I mean, yeah, we could go disco, it? we could go coffee shop, we could go Because I love Madeline's um, trivia nice yes. outfit as well. But I have to say, Bonnie's disco outfit with the fringe. Oh, I was just sitting the there. So before I went on holidays, I got like the 
like the suggestion of a fringe like bangs and then when I saw that I'm like I'm getting a full fringe you're getting a fringe yeah, and you're so not I'm going to bring that photo away and I'm going to go cut my fringe cut my cheekbones off <laughs> make me I'm not leaving this hairdressers until I look like her and uh, you don't want to look like Shailene Woodley's bangs you want although Shailene Woodley's they're bangs growing on me. rep they're growing on me I figured it out why because if you watch the opening sequence of so the opening like credits for this season her fringe is so greasy in that and so blown it goes like this yeah like out from her head and I don't understand because then in the episodes I think it's fab like I love a blunt fringe and she can pull it off but I think you're just so traumatized from the opening credits every week that I convince myself it's awful but then when I look at it I actually love it like I actually love it it's deadly um okay so you're gonna get a fringe I think Brendan's going to get a tan this week. Yes, Brendan's on his halls. And I'm going to get some more pollen. Uh, Have you got hay <laughs> Antihistamines. Fever? My okay. hay fever. That, that's it. When you were away, all I got was hay fever. Stop. That's all I did. It's the pollen counts. It's through the roof, Hannah. Well, I have a few questions for you. How did the podcast go the last two weeks? Yeah, like I felt like we were missing a limb. We oh got on God. well, right? It's think... our first podcast together in like nearly a month. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it kind of does feel like a month. But yeah. uh, myself and Brendan got on really well. Brilliant. But, but it wasn't complete. It's not the same without the three. As Atomic Kitten would say, we weren't whole again. <laughs> and we won't be until next week when Brendan comes back from his holiday. But the, the great thing is, Brendan and you, yourself and myself, are all going to be reunited for the two best episodes of the season. So you've just answered my question. We have two left to we do We have together. two left after this. Because realistically, Hannah, if I'm perfectly honest... And with everybody who's listening, the four people or whatever. The four. Who we love and appreciate. Thank you so much. The Monterey (laughs) Four. Not much has happened. Now, I brought this up to you during the week because I watched the episodes in quick concession. Like, I didn't really have two weeks between them the way it fell. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you could have done one episode out of the last three. I agree. Now, I still love it. I think Renata Lordern is. Oh, don't get me it. wrong. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. it, but I just, I'm just waiting for the action. Yeah, and I'm in terms ready. of like talkability and stuff, we de- there's definitely not as much juice as last season. And I remember, so the the original director from season one left. He didn't. Jean-Marc he she, Vallier. He didn't return for this season. And the reason for that, the reason he gave was he felt that it would be ruined if season two was made. Now, I don't agree with that. I no. wanted, I don't really like cliffhangers. Like, I want it to be wrapped up in a bow. I want to know what's going to happen to the gals. But that said, I can see where he was coming from in the sense that the content is probably a little bit stretched yeah. without a whole novel behind it. This week, though, however... I did feel like... Ramped back up. Yes, I do feel now that the wheels are in motion. I agree with you. We're rolling on a river. And I th- oh, and I think they always say, don't they, is it like a rule in television that the penultimate episode yeah. is always the big drama and then the finale is finale. You're kind of winding it down a bit. Like you're not going to get the huge explosions in the last episode. Now maybe you will if we're getting a season three, but I don't know if we are. So I'm expecting... Huge things next week. Huge, big, huge, big, huge. big. Give it to me. Okay, let's get into the so, recap. Hannah, 
you're up. Okay. I'm excited. You're back with the bang. Let's hear what you have to say about season two, episode five, which was titled Kill Me. Kill Me. Okay, you sit back and get comfortable. Okay. So this episode opens with a flashback to trivia night in Perry's death. It turns out that Jane was having a nightmare. Celeste also wakes uneasy, except she's thinking about her steamy hookup with the bartender. Oh, Now, he was gorgeous. He was. Wasn't he? Yeah, ding dong. Nathan catches up to Ed, who's cycling, and Nathan attempts to apologise for his behaviour. That what is his fucking problem? I think I, I said it a couple of weeks back. I don't think he has any friends. I think he wants to be friends with Ed. And then as soon as he starts to be friends with him, the weird side of his personality just kicks in and you just Easy. can't. Why don't you like me? It's but bizarre. I He's watched everywhere. it and was like, oh, Jesus, here we go again. The two alley cats. But then earlier on, I was on YouTube and I was on HBO's YouTube and I rewatched that clip. And honestly, it's, it's hilarious. Just, it made me cry laughing Same. earlier because Nathan is running after Ned. And Ed's got the helmet on. He's sitting there. Nathan has legged it. And like, you know that every time. More often than not, when Ed and Nathan talk, Ed is in the full cycling gear <laughs> yeah. so he looks like such a nerd yeah like he's so safe but like that's where you should be but like <laughs> do you know what I mean like he would not he is so by the book that like. is such a good way to describe it he's so safe <laughs> <laughs> so safe like nothing's bringing him down off that bike or in life because he always comes out on top of their conversations it always ends with Ed <laughs> cycling off and Nathan having a meltdown so it happens again Ed is killing it and my favourite thing ever so was it when Nathan goes why do you have to be such a fuck <laughs> no he goes a nut fuck no he said no he said nut fuck out he said nut fuck twice <laughs> I was like this is and he goes running up the road to call him a nut fuck again and then he just stops and turns around <laughs> Like he's having a meltdown. And like when Ed's like, I don't have to be, I choose to be. Oh, oh I mean, that is just salty. So Nathan is basically attempting to apologise for his behaviour at Amabella's birthday party where he starts another fight with Ed. This is always Ed minding his own business <laughs> and Nathan coming up and just picking on him. And um, Ed's response to this is, can't we just be comfortable not liking each other? There doesn't have to be a reason. And this just drives Nathan mad because I think there's a bromance. I think Nathan just wants wants to be his friend. So Celeste and Mary Louise attend a child custody meeting. Mary Louise says she doesn't consider Celeste a bad person, but that she's not well. We have to do what's best for the children, she reminds everyone. So a hearing is scheduled and Celeste leaves, worried that Mary Louise will successfully take away the twins. Celeste's lawyer tells her not to worry and that the judge will see through Mary Louise's performance and warns her not to react. I would have hit the roof ten times at that point. Lost the plot. Like, it's like when someone says, calm down. Exactly. I will not calm down. I am calm. And I was even getting stressed watching it because it is so scary. Like child protection laws in the States are so strict. And it kind of feels like if anyone challenges you and you have any sort of a good lawyer, like everyone's done bad stuff. Like everyone's been hung over. Everyone's, do you know what I mean? She crashed a car. It was an accident. Yeah. Obviously there's violence in the home, but I think she's a really good man. But at the same time, Mary Louise has a really good argument to take these kids. And I just find that so terrifying. Do you think she is a bit hooked on the pills that she's been taking? I think it's beginning to be implied that she is because obviously she forgot your man was in the house. Yeah. I do get that. But at no point has have we seen the 
boys in any danger because of that. She seems to just... She, twice we've seen her take them at night and twice she's woken up a bit groggy. And I do get it. Yeah. But she it does sleep. just she's scare grieving. me that Mary Louise could come in and just take her children. Like Mary Louise is like a menacing seagull who's after your burger. <sighs> she is everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Bonnie sleeps in the hospital at her mother's bedside. Obviously, she collapsed at the party in the last episode. Yeah. Sky and Nathan come to visit. Later, Bonnie's dad arrives and we see some flashbacks to Bonnie's childhood. While holding her mother's hand, Bonnie sees the same vision of water that her mother's been happening having. So what is going on there? Telepathy is always Yeah, called. like is that what we're okay? Yeah, premonitions, we're not sure, we don't know There's yet. something going on, shared visions. Madeline and Ed take a drive, she tells them to have an open mind and then they go to a therapeutic hugging course <laughs> where strangers hug and attempt to make each other feel better. So they obviously think it's bullshit, back in the car they laugh about how awful their experience was and it looks like a little, a little happiness moment for them. Madeline calls out a good man, a good husband and a good father and he snaps back with I was a sound choice so they have their same old arguments again about how you know Nathan was the one for Madeline and then she had the steamy affair with Joseph and Ed was just this good solid father figure that she just brought in for Abigail um a stable provider he refers to himself I agree I but like it's undeniable like there's no sexual chemistry between them no he's an incredible dad he's incredibly stable he was incredibly good choice especially if you're a vulnerable single mother after a divorce yeah you're gonna go with that like of course you are and then yeah it's not gonna be enough because you're madeline and you want everything all the time and everything is up to 90 so it's like it was written in the stars is that the bit in the episode that she starts singing you make me feel like a natural woman by carol king exactly i screamed it reminded me of when she brought everyone to frozen she can't say disney on ice and she's like thunder only had guys come on come on like it was like that again for a second ed is like relaxing and enjoying it and then he's just looking over at her like but How like, are you just he doesn't make her car. feel like a natural woman. No. The irony. No. Do you know what I mean? They pick the best songs in this show. I can't oh, hope. J'adore the songs. So Madeline says, in trying to reassure him then, you can trust me to love you more deeply than I've ever loved anybody, but can you trust me not to fuck things up again? Maybe not. I don't know if I can trust myself with that. Ooh. That's not good enough for me. No way. Like, she needs to fight for him. She needs to tell him that she is going to make sure she never, ever does that again. And, like, she does it in the end. But I just feel like if someone cheated on me that I had a house with and children with and built my whole life with, and then that's what I got, I'd be like, no. I have more respect for myself than that. Go fuck yourself. And these people have money. So it's not as if, you know, you see a lot of people trapped in relationships because they can't afford to leave. He can get out. they can, he can just go. Yeah. So I'm not too sure what's going to happen, but she does finish by saying that all she really wants is to be happily married to Ed. She Now, this this annoys me, this next part. So she does this bullshit thing of saying, like, I don't know why I do it. Like, maybe I just fucking hate myself. Maybe it's low self-esteem. No, you fancied someone and you slept with them because you don't fancy your husband as much as you fancy that person. We can talk about low self-esteem all you want. Yeah. We all have low self-esteem. No, I hate that excuse. So that was bullshit. But she does promise if she fucks up again that it will not be with infidelity. She says to him, all my future mistakes will be brand new ones. Like, I really like Madeline. At least she's being honest. But like, 
It's a bit of a rock and a hard place for Ed, isn't it? It is. And I do feel sorry for her, but I just don't think she's communicating exactly what she... she, She's not communicating it in the right way. She might feel like Ed is everything to her and the sun, moon and stars, but she's not proving that to him. No, because she does say there, like, I will... She does promise him never to cheat again, which is obviously a big deal. But, like, if I felt that way, I think I would be, like, screaming that from the rooftops at someone. Do you know what I mean? And that kind of comes towards the very end of the conversation. I just... Yeah, like as Cheryl Cole would have sang, we got to fight, fight, fight for this love. Yeah, and, and I just feel like Sadie Eddie deserves better. Yeah, she's not fighting hard enough, I no, don't No, I agree. And he makes the point later in the episode in the kitchen that when she wants something, she's all in. And he's like, you're not all in on mm. fixing this. And she's just not. Because we've seen her march up to that school and get shit done. We've seen her put yeah. on a play about puppets fucking. Yeah, exactly. If she wanted it, she she will get it. And I just, I'm not getting the vibe. And it's making me, it's turning me off her a bit. Mm. Watching her with him. It's like... But there now, this is, I'm going to throw in a curveball here, Hannah. Do it. Do you think that the reason why she is not being, um, what's the word... Um, not not even intimate but like she's not kind of fully connecting with Ed is because of what happened on trivia night and she's kind of coming up with excuses when she really can't tell him why that's maybe I would like to think so and also I think like remember how angry he got with her for not for her not telling him about Jane yeah. and Perry which again I think was weird but he doesn't like when she doesn't tell him everything and I think she knows in her heart she will never tell him about Trivia Night because it makes him complicit and she is, like, she does love him. I think she's in love with him. I think she loves him, just maybe not this true animalistic love. Yeah. And also, he's the father of their daughters, so I don't think she wants to make him complicit. But I agree with you. If they get back together, I feel like it will have to be all cards on the table, which means her having to come clean. Yeah. Good. Point. Okay, now I, I feel a bit better about it. I mean, I was just thinking Thanks for there. That, Thanks so much. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, she could literally No, I just think want... you're right. Okay. I well, think you're listen. right. Okay, so last chats to Renata about her pending custody hearing. She worries that her lawyer isn't good enough, but Renata reassures her. However, Renata does want to chat to Mary Louise to attempt to convince her to call the whole thing to call the whole thing off. Their meeting is interrupted by Renata's assistant who lets her know that she's lost the Women in Power article. The assistant then offers her to make Renata um, some African Zimbabwe tea and Renata calls the magazine backstabbing sluts, basically. Now, I honestly, um, I would be as fuming as she was that that is cut from the magazine. I would have bought a copy of that magazine. I would have framed it on the wall. Like, I was dying to see the interview and read it. She should have known, though. And she needs to direct all of her anger at that fucking man. (laughs) Because I just, Gordon, I just can't. I can't with Gordon. Also in this scene was, it kind of, I forget that Celeste is a lawyer. Yeah. You know, you do forget that. So I'm hoping she lawyers the fuck out of Mary Louise in the end. Same. And finishes her, which I think is I what's hope, gonna happen. I hope Celeste does an L Woods. Yeah, oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so some kids are bullying Ziggy at school, but the twins interrupt and the three of them beat up the bully. Jane and Celeste are then called to the principal's office. Um the kid who was attacked had to have his lip stitched and he is in the hospital, so all four boys are suspended. Renata and Gordon then discuss her article. The magazine said her inclusion in the piece would ultimately be a smear on the entire publication. <laughs> oh, 
Now that is, I mean, that's a bit of an insult. If the afternoon wasn't bad enough, the doorbell goes and Mary Louise arrives over for tea. Renata starts by thanking her for coming. Mary Louise says, what happened to your furniture? For such a big house, you'd think there'd be more furniture. She literally, Mary Louise's LinkedIn profile should say, identifies insecurity and presses hard on them. That's what she does to everyone. She identifies the insecurity in a millisecond and then she is like, beep, 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 beep. one insecurity, it's everything. Everything. She picks up on it like that. Shots fired. So she takes shots of Renata over her status as a working mother. She says, so many moments lost and for what? A screening room? Maybe a boat? So Renata has met her match. Celeste talks to the twins about their fight at school. She reminds them that violence is not the answer. One of them tells her to stop being such a bitch. And she gets upset. She then explains to the boys that she has to meet a lawyer because Mary Louise wants them to come and live with her. They get upset, but she reassures them that they will absolutely be staying with her. Ed and Chloe, this is a really weird scene and it's just really, really short. Ed and Chloe are cooking in the kitchen. They both get upset. They pull each other in for a big hug. So I think that was just very quickly us showing or us being shown that Chloe knows what's going on with her parents. Look, she does. Chloe, Chloe's, oh wait, you mean, sorry, Chloe's the younger one. Chloe's the younger one. Yeah, that was, I I think I'm pretty sure I missed that. It was like a second and that I don't know if they like cut out an entire scene or it's literally they're chopping up vegetables. We don't even see Chloe's face at the back of her head. He pulls her in for a big hug. The two of them start crying and then Chloe leaves the room with a plate of vegetables. This episode really was like, it was really that kind of, it's not even a lesson that everyone says, but everyone says that the things that your parents do can affect you so much. Yes. And like obviously we're seeing that in the kids more and more. The as whole we go series along. is really good at showing that. Yeah, it really is. And obviously that was just a quick kind of glimpse at that that she is being affected even if we haven't, you know. Yeah, and maybe there's more to come from that. Maybe they've shown us that shown us that to kind of pull on our heartstrings a little bit for whatever way the Ed Madeline thing is about to go in the penultimate episode. Yeah. I reckon we need to understand that Chloe's really upset. So Bonnie's dad visits her at work. She's in the middle of a singing for sleep apnea class. He's concerned that the hospital aren't doing enough for Bonnie's mother they're moving her to rehab and he thinks that's them throwing in the towel look at you getting involved says Bonnie you don't think I got involved that I didn't protect you says her dad what the fuck happened in her childhood yeah. they there were dancing around and now we're so close I just want to know well, I feel like in this episode, because they showed a couple of flashbacks and stuff like that, now that we know that Bonnie's mother was the abuser. Yeah. And that she feels like her dad protected her somewhat, but didn't protect her enough to actually remove her from the situation. So that's what, like, the flashbacks. He mediated. He might have, uh, he might have, what's the word, like, he might have maybe stopped the fighting as bad. He might So, like, have... she was fully physically abusing her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because like I remember the flashback where we've seen her being held underwater and then there's a couple of quick ones this week where they're kind of, she's like holding her and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm still a bit confused. Yeah, it's still, they haven't fully, I think that they've hinted at it very, okay. very strongly, but they okay. haven't fully actually openly said Bonnie's mum did X, Y and Z. Do you know that way? Yes. Um, but also that scene, I did actually, the one funny <laughs> part of it, the whole scene was actually quite emotional, but the one funny part was Bonnie saying that the sleep apnea class was a cash cow. Yeah, no, that was amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> the singing you, sleep apnea class. You would not think that's, that's her vibe at all, but it was, and I love it, because that just shows a little bit of Monterey in her. Yes. She's not this, like, yeah, total, like, vibe day kind of, like, 
foresty, fairy, like cash cow. Loved it. So Celeste meets Mary Louise's lawyer. He suggests joint custody where Celeste gets the kids midweek and Mary Louise gets them on the weekend. She would also have to agree to drug and alcohol dependency treatment and anger management. She says, you're not getting my boys, not for Saturday, not for Sunday, not for a fucking minute. Celeste's lawyer talks to her outside the room and says that the offer is actually a win and advises her to take the deal. This gave me so much anxiety. Imagine someone telling you that the best you will ever have is to see your children midweek, which nine months out of the year they'll spend in school. Yeah. No. Just no. So Celeste meets the other Monterey Five and tells them that if she goes to court for the children, Perry's murder can be brought up. She tells the women that we'll have to be prepared. Madeline reminds the group that if we stick together, we'll be fine. Ziggy and Jane have a catch-up. He tells her that he likes Corey and that he doesn't want to grow up to be like her father. So again, another quick scene yeah. showing how the kids are affected. Yeah, so he's obviously, you know, growing a Absolutely. relationship with Corey now. Exactly. And that's another thing they obviously want to just cement home a little bit. Yeah. So Bonnie returns home to find that I presume Nathan has bought her, a tr- bought her a treadmill and a book on running. I think it's to be like, stop running in the forest on your own and just run here with us. Yeah, that's still a bit though, like... I'm sorry, he's useless. I've no time for him, yeah, ever. She needs a bit of fresh air and a bit of space at exactly. the same time. Exactly. Like maybe if, he's just so worried about her, he doesn't know if she'll come back. I don't think he knows what to do. And I yeah. get he's trying to come from a nice point of view, but he's just such an idiot. Like, if I find solace in running, which I never will, and same. I want to run, I'm not, I will run. Like, buy me whatever you want. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just kind of, I just, I'm not into him at all. So... Um, so Nathan's gone to the hospital to visit Bonnie's mum but her dad is there and he wants to talk. He tells her that he was protecting her and that while he may seem weak he was doing whatever he could to make the rage go away for you, for me and for her. He then tells Bonnie that her mother started to mumble that afternoon. She apparently said that Bonnie is drowning and then he that he is worried. So Celeste and the boys have a chat about the custody hearing. They promise to protect her and she tells them that it's important to tell the truth and tell the judge that they want to live with her. So she's getting panicked. Renata has taken Annabella out of school for the day because everyone else is out of school and Annabella gets everything that she wants she's confused and asks is it because they're broke (laughs) Renata this is my big little line for the week Renata reassures her everything isn't about money well it is Um, and that's the reassurance that she gets Madeline and Abigail go for an ice cream Madeline scales Mary Louise for trying to take away Celeste's boys and calls her a psycho but we don't get the ice cream throwing scene ah Travesty. A That's joke. the biggest lie of the bloody season. We, I just there's no arguments that anyone can make for why that was removed. I'm not sure. And Reese Witherspoon's obviously a producer on on this show, and it was her character who threw the ice cream, and she hasn't commented on why the scene wasn't included. But I do have an update about where the scene is Ooh! a little bit later on in the episode. I'm just blessed and thankful that we got the photographs. Oh, incredible photos! Like, so grateful. At least we can stare at them forever, but we will get to see the scene. Dot, dot, dot. Hey, I'm nearly done then. I can't wait to hear about that. Let's go, So Jane and Corey kiss. They're having a really cute little date. It's all going well until Jane breaks down in tears. Obviously, in the last episode, she told him about the rape. Later, Jane and Celeste chat about her sex life while Corey plays with the boys. To me, he's looking more and more attractive as this episode goes on. I don't know what it is. I think I really liked his look. The 70s look really suited him. Yeah, he was rocking it. 
So Bonnie chats to her mother who remains unconscious in the hospital. She says, I want you to stop worrying about me and start thinking about you. You are right though. I'm going through a rough moment, but I'll figure it out. However, Bonnie's mother suddenly wakes up, locks eyes at her and says, kill me. That was so intense. That was like horror film. Yeah. Scary, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so we get a roundup of scenes to finish off the episode. We see um, Mary Louise looking at a picture frame, which seems to be Perry, but could potentially be her husband with her two boys. Yeah. I think, I think I it's was, her husband It was her like two boys. I was half asleep with the hay fever tablets this week. Like, No, that it's flat. It was such a... The last couple of minutes of this episode were like a whirlwind and so much happened. And I definitely missed that, so thank you. I had to watch it twice. It's when I say flash, I mean flash, flash, flash. We'll it's go so back. Quick. We'll go back. Yeah. So I picked that up on the third watch. So Renata and Amabella play in the pool while Gordon watches on. Celeste, Jane, Corey, and the boys kayak. Maddie has another contemplative glass of wine on her back porch. Oh, a contemplative Tor- glass of wine. Yeah. Did you like that word? That was lovely. Tori meets Ed at a bar. <laughs> And kind of like has shots with him. and Tori like, and the girls. Yeah, Tori and the girls and flirts with him and rubs his arm while Joseph watches on. Oh, they've got some sort of arrangement, my love, do they? I don't know, but like, I'm sorry know. if that's where you're at in your marriage. Consider moving on. It is so toxic. Although I'm still like, Ed, is he going to do it? Mm, is he going to do it? I that's setting want us up for it. something. Is that mean that I want him to do it? Oh, I I'm don't. just like break the steady Eddie like do something for but, yourself but you know what Hannah that's not who he is and no you're right and, and sorry I don't know why I'm considering someone to have like I'm not trying to that not- won't spark joy he's going to feel 10 times worse afterwards because he's not making the decision himself he's not it, it's, it's a catalyst because of what Madeline did it's not his own desire so that won't give him the Rebecca, satisfaction you are one of the wisest people I've ever spoken Stop. to <laughs> And like, like obviously <laughs> I don't want to encourage people to have affairs it is mean like if this was real life I would never in my life but it's just when it is a TV show you're like I'd love to see the fallout from that completely Do you know what I mean I just feel like it will make Ed not be Ed and he needs to be happy with who he is and he, if Madeline doesn't love who he is that's one thing but uh, if your one likes him for being someone he's not that's even more fake than this relationship he has now I mean I actually <laughs> I don't know what to say. I feel very philosophical today. If you don't write a book, the world has been robbed. I would like a bit of action. I mean, there's not been any uh, bam, chicka, wow, wow. There's not a drop. I, I thought mean, we were going to get a great scene. It's with, worse um, than Love Island this year, my love. The bartender and um, Celeste, which are we barely saw. I know that they're well. all dealing with a lot in grief and everything, but like, you know, it, obviously Jane's healing from, from the abuse that she endured from her attack. So it, it's not going to be her. Madeline, they all, like, and Renat and Gordon, like, there's nobody that you could say, oh, maybe they're but all. But was it you or Brendan that said it, like, when we first started talking about the series, that, like, the sex in all of the relationships is damaged for different reasons? Oh, like, well, actually, that's that was definitely Brendan. That was very... I mean, he's another philosopher. Yeah, yeah so if you look at them all, Gordon and Renata, disaster. Obviously, Jane's only had sex once and she... Well, sorry, she didn't have sex. She was raped. That's her only sexual yeah. experience. Yeah. D- obviously, a disaster. Madeline and Ed, nothing's going on there. Bonnie and Nathan, not seeing each other. And I'd say they were very active before now. I feel like they were Celeste and obviously Celeste and Perry is yeah. the most notable 
like relationship that had sexual issues. So I suppose, like looking back now, now that we're talking about, it, like it was never healthy sexual encounters that we saw. None of them were. That's it was exactly Madeline the point having an affair. Making. Yeah, it's all very. All of the sex that we've seen has been really unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. So just to quickly wrap this up, that we then see Bonnie park outside the police station. Oh, Jesus, me heart in that moment when I was watching it. She's going in. Mind is made up. She is going in because this is the second time she's been there. This is it. She's going in until we watch Corey and another officer leave the police station and he gets into a car and he looks up and I'll be damned if he doesn't see her. He sees her. I think he sees her. And then it cuts. Is... (sighs) He, a police officer. I think now we'll move into the thoughts and theories section. That is it, thank you. Hannah, a fantastic recap. Welcome back. (laughs) You did a fantastic job. Thank you so much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I think Corey is a police informant. Informant or officer? I don't think he's an officer. I don't know why. I will hit the roof if he knows everything about Jane's past and has manipulated his trust with her. Made up a total lie about wanting to be a marine biologist. Like that would be scum 
of the earth shit. She's been like, through so much. It's like, I, I don't think she can endure another trauma when so, she's finally opened up to somebody and he's just trying to seduce her to get out information. I think either way he's involved. Yeah, 100%. And if we he, did see that scene of him asking at the start, aren't you one of the Monterey Five? So that was in the series for a reason. That was our first ever glimpse of him we've known from the beginning almost do you think he's gonna do that bullshit of like at the start I was just in it for the money but then I realised I really like you and now I'm so yeah, sorry yeah like hate to lose a guy in 10 days yeah but... and she's gonna be like are you joking me every sexual relationship I've ever had has been so awful and now you've done this to me Knowing everything. Horrific. And also the fact that we know that Ziggy is now... And you know my child. Seeing him as a... Not like, I don't know if he's seen him as a father figure, but he is, yeah. But he compared him to his dad. He said, I want to grow up to be like Corey, not like my dad. So that's massively problematic. It is. And I'm like... Ugh. And also, like, what the hell is going to happen with Bonnie now? And a lot of people as well have said about Corey, they're all warming to him. And now it's like, I have to be honest, I never liked the fella. No, I have to say, ever since disco, the dancing, the fact that she can talk to him, I think they did, <clears throat> sorry, a lot in this episode to show what a good guy he is. Yeah. With the kids. Yeah. And I think they were really building up to that. So they did very well to manipulate me to be really, really into him when they pulled the wolf from over our eyes. Another thing that's really grinding my gears this week, well, not really, but it's making me kind of, I want to know answers. Why is Mary Louise trying to get custody of Celeste's kids, okay? So, do you think that Mary Louise genuinely thinks that Celeste is an unfit parent? No. Or do you think that because the detectives weren't getting any sort of break in the case and the investigation it was a dead end do you think that Mary Louise cooked up this whole custody plan to get the kids to because she knows that in court she can bring up Perry's death and it will all lead back to Perry's death as to when Celeste became unfit I hadn't thought about that until just now and now that's what I think that she that she had to go down this route that she doesn't genuinely want to mind Max, Josh, or Ziggy. Did you come up with this? I just, I mean, I've been thinking about it. You're so intelligent, Rebecca, on this episode. (laughs) Because remember when she went to see the police officer at the very end of four episodes ago and she said, you don't think my son just fell, do you? And then it cut. Yeah. So do you think that police detective, Quinlan, advised Mary Louise that this is the route you go down? I don't think the detective did. No, I don't think the detective did. I think Mary Louise knew that they were hitting a dead end and that... You know, because everyone's stories matched up, they weren't going to find this big reveal. Like, he's, they're saying he slipped. I think she said, okay, the only way, what can I do here to try and get Celeste? How, how do I ruin her? I know she's in on it. I know they're all lying about something. How do I use this situation to, to get to the core of what happened that night? I completely think that's what's happened. And they'll be lying under oath. So, so basically, the, the other four Monterey. Uh, five the four of the Monterey Five yeah. will be called up on the stand because they will be asked uh, they, they'll be character witnesses yes Celeste went and t- prepared them all for that they had a little chat in the car park yeah, about so they're going to be character witnesses and they are not only going to have like they're not only going to have lied to the police but now they're going to have to lie under oath and I don't think I think Bonnie's just already on the brink of, of breaking the pact that she won't do that oh my god Another thought I had, right? Yeah. We've gotten confirmation that Bonnie's mum abused her. Um, 
and when Bonnie asks her dad Martin why he didn't protect her and when her mum woke up and asked her to kill her is Bonnie going to commit two homicides in two seasons what because she was abused by this woman for her whole childhood she's completely mentally scarred from it and probably physically scarred is her, her mom's asking her to kill her? Why do you think that is? Because she's got she's so unwell. Do you think like well, her mom had a stroke and she hasn't she she did like lose her speech slightly? I think <laughs> in one of the episodes. I think that's obviously a side effect. So do you think it's like a stroke. euthanasia thing rather than just like a weird thing that she said? Oh, I think she's like I'm suffering so much. Kill My quality me. of life is yeah, kill me. That's so sad. It's so it's so sad, but. Is Bonnie going to... I think that's why Bonnie went to the police station because she's like, I will do this because I actually hate her, kind of a part of me. But then also I love her and this is what she wants and it would actually feel really good to be the one that took the power over her life. So I think she's like, I need to hand myself in now I could be going yeah that could be that could be the catalyst that she goes I think oh, that I can't. is I need to get out of here I need to I need to go to, I need to tell everyone the I truth I think she's I like I'm gonna lose here. the fucking plot like I've had the worst year of my entire life and now my mom is asking me to kill her the, I, this needs to end get in the car drive to the police station about to hand herself in Corey's an undercover po- cop now I could be going full line of duty on this and that could not be the case everything it you've said Rebecca I feel like I would go to war for you today <laughs> everything you've said <laughs> is can't. so bang on the money I'm like why do I even have opinions that's not the case but thank you I appreciate You're it I, these are just the things that like I was like okay where in my mind I think that we loved doing this when we did the other podcast about Line of Duty because there were so many avenues the story could go in so I suppose that's probably where my mind's at at the moment you've gone full of theories I'm like where can this where do we go from here do you know yeah Um. okay so the last few minutes are setting up plenty of drama with Corey, the investigation into uh, Perry's death. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he definitely is part of that investigation Perry in some way. Perry killed brother. Yeah. One There's just no way Mary Louise percent. wants to look after these three boys that she... Uh, like, where was Mary Louise in the first season? Like, there, she was definitely kept at arm's length. By Perry, almost, was she? Like, where, where, where... Like, I know they had to bring her in to make a season two, but we never... Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, you know, why does someone who... Listen, if Perry was that bad, what what are the parents capable of? If we're seeing this theme of how parents' decisions and mistakes can influence a child's life, what on earth did Mary Louise and the dad do to Perry? Now, some people are are born evil, but... No, but not in this show. This show is very nature versus nurture, and it's nurture. The whole thing, it's mothers and children fathers and children yeah so we only have we've two episodes left to wrap it all up and we know that we know that something's going to happen bonnie's either going to spill the beans drown in the sea which we've seen all the visions of there's going to be war between bonnie and Corey. yeah there is oh and then i'm worried i'm worried that Corey is going to turn bonnie into a like turn her against the girls and then get her to almost land them in it and like give her some sort of plea deal. I don't know. I think she's very vulnerable to anything right now. I think she could potentially end up drowning her mother somewhere. Oh my God. To totally turn the tail on all the visions that we saw of her mother holding young Bonnie under the water. I think that could be something. 
Oh my! That's and they like... both had the shared vision of the water. They had that connection, and then yeah. she woke up and said, "Kill me" was the next thing that she said. And I think Bonnie tried to do the right thing. It's not going to happen. I think she's going to snap. I never even thought of that. Jesus, how would she? Oh, anyway, I won't even. That that is crazy. Um, so there is there's a few different directions that the show could take. Um, and next week's episode, episode six of season two, is called "The Bad Mother." Uh, like I mean, come on. Yeah. I know. Okay, so according to IMDb, next week's episode will see Celeste blindsided by Mary Louise. Bonnie contemplates... How can she her anymore? I mean, oh, I just feel like Mary Louise has loads of bits up her sleeve. Mm. Um, Bonnie contemplates a solution to her mother's suffering and her own ongoing guilt. Jesus, that's the line in the bloody episode. Not of Big Little Lies of our Big Little Shrine. Bonnie contemplates a solution to her mother's suffering and, and her, her ongoing d- guilt. What? They're gonna she's gonna pull her into the water. Oh Lord above, that is terrifying. I'm like, it's she must be in the worst place possible now. Ha, have you watched the affair? Bits. Okay, then we won't talk about it, it doesn't matter. Oh, doesn't matter. Okay. Wow. Wait, yeah. there's a lot of water in that. Uh yeah. Okay. And Ed entertains an unusual proposition. I'm dead. If Tori asks Ed to unusual have a, proposition. A threesome with her and Joe. Menage a trois with Joe Joseph. No. Joseph and Tori. Ed, sorry, and Ed. Ed entertains. So doesn't shut down. Considers. <laughs> And the Monterey Five feel the pressure of an increased scrutiny of Perry's death. An increased scrutiny. That has to come from Corey. Yeah, it has to. So a very tense trailer is up on HBO's YouTube channel. um, And the description for that trailer reads, things begin to unravel as Detective Quinlan continues her pursuit of the Monterey Five. She's back on the scene. Oh, she is, my Take love. Take a day off. Uh, so in the trailer, in the clip, we hear a male's voice, who I believe is Corey, who says, Detective Quinlan said one of you will finally crack. Piss off. I will <laughs> not be able to cope if he's evil. Yeah. Celeste is being sworn in in a courtroom as Mary Louise watches on. In the voiceover, Mary Louise says, at the end of the day, we're all family, to which Celeste replies, we're not family, Mary Louise. A quick Ooh. shot of Celeste leaning against her car in despair flashes. We then see Jane visiting Mary Louise at her home. At the front door, she shouts... What I see is a woman struggling and Meryl bites back. She says, are you struggling with your conscience, perhaps? Flashing shots of Madeline, Jane, Renata comforting a crying Celeste uh, are up on screen. Oh, Ed don't tell me she lost custody. It's just too much. It's too much. Ed and Madeline are hugging each other and Bonnie is looking extremely worried. Detective Quinlan is staring Bonnie out of it in the courtroom. We see a flash of that. And... We then see Bonnie at her mother's bedside and she says, well, it looks like it's time. It's time to go and double drown each other. Stop. I actually, Hannah, if you've predicted this, this is like when Nostradamus said that the world was going to end the millennium. I have a feeling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. The last uh, piece of the trailer. You've had a vision. Mm. Mystic hand. Mm. Uh, we then see Bonnie in the police station, and we hear her, hear her say the words, "I have to confess." No, confess to what though? Confess to what though? 
Oh my lord. Well then isn't it double drowning? Oh I don't know what to fucking think anymore. I have to confess. Because if she confesses she obviously can't walk back out of the police station. Okay. And drown I have another herself. thought. Okay. Does Bonnie something happen with Bonnie and her mum? Does she do something? Yeah. And then does she decide to confess to that instead of confessing to Perry's death, being responsible for Perry's death? Yeah, so by the that act means of confessing, women, she can she'll go to jail. All out. Yeah. yeah, but but her friends, the Monterey, the <laughs> remaining Monterey four won't be prosecuted because her lie will just be buried. So in a weird twist of events, her mother's, let's say, death, inverted commas, yeah. will actually be the key to free her from her, her mom's, own Her mum's death is, the sacri- is almost a sacrifice and Bonnie's a sacrifice as well. Yeah, so her mum will lay herself down as a sacrifice. Maybe that's like, maybe, you know, she was having a vision when she collapsed. Yeah. Maybe she was like, this is the only way to save my daughter from drowning. I will sacrifice myself as an apology for everything that I've done to her. But the crazy thing is, big little and lies. And if that doesn't happen, write that down and we'll write a book and we'll put that in because that's brilliant. That is but brilliant. Every, everything you've said, but write it down. <laughs> feel like you and me Brent is gonna come Just back right next now. We're week like Brent and we've written a book he's gonna come back next week and go the two of you <laughs> lost it with the series because I say some day in one of the weeks that we're doing the podcast does he, he just like, shut you no, down no he was just like Rebecca no it's not it is not See, like we you. add fuel to the fire <laughs> Yeah, we but honestly, you're that friend. You're like, nah, I'm only going for one drink. You're like, nah, but w- yeah, so will we drink down. more? Yeah, okay. Now, we right. do have this recorded. So if this ever happens, we'll be like, now listen. I'm like, please God, Brandon isn't here. <laughs> Is this thing on? Brandon's the voice of reason on this podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so earlier on, we were talking about the devastating fact that the ice cream scene was cut. Oh, yeah. So, oh. Meryl Streep says the long-awaited ice cream showdown that we never got to see will eventually air. So, um, the paparazzi shots were released during filming and they showed Madeline hurling her 99 at Mary Louise's head. Iconic. Um, no one has explained why the scene was cut, but Streep apparently revealed back in May at the premiere that the scene will eventually see the light of day. She told E.T., which I think is entertainment tonight, it is. that... It's going to be in the DVD extras. Meryl trying to get an add-on. Okay. So I'll it's buy be, it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. But like, I'm just like, or oh, just, will someone please think of the gifts? Us. Yeah, the will gifts. someone think of the gifts? The gifts. I needed that gift. We have the image, which I'm forever grateful for. We'll buy the DVD. We'll watch it together. We'll throw our screens at each other out your back garden. It'll be fine. Oh, we actually should try recreate that for the finale. We should. A still shot. Yeah. Yeah, Brendan. So, who do you want to be? I want to be Mary Louise. <laughs> I can be the daughter. Abigail. Abigail. So, it's Brendan Madeline. Yeah, I think, oh, Bre- I think Brendan would rock a blonde wig. Oh, he'll be only thrilled. Um, This week, there was a really funny tweet uh, by, from a guy called Bobby Finger. Um, Excuse me? So, you know, everyone has mad Twitter names. I mean, that could be his name, so I'm sorry if I've just offended <laughs> you. Um, he put up a picture of a big little lies calendar, right? So he tweeted it with the caption, Celeste, Bonnie, Madeline and Renata all have the same calendar. I have the calendar printed out here. I'm really sorry for anyone who's listening who can't see house? it. I'm going to retweet it on our Twitter page, at ShrinePod. This is the calendar. This is their daily calendar, which I'm obsessed with, okay? So between 8 o'clock in the morning and 9 o'clock, they take the kids to school. Between 9 and 11, they drive around and think about the lie. 
from 11 to 1 to catch up with the girls in the yeah. coffee shop drive around and think about the lie <laughs> it's my favourite from 1 to 3 they drive around again and think about the lie <laughs> From three to five, oh sorry, from three to four, they have a tense meeting with the girls in the car. About the lie. Exactly. Then from four to five, therapy. (laughs) Which, where is the therapist this episode? The therapy, it's the last is going to therapy in the dead of night. Yeah, it's, listen. She's got a babysitter and going out at 10 o'clock at night to go to therapy. Yeah, listen, that's very America, isn't it? From five to 10, they brood. (laughs) And then from 10 to 12, they watch the waves. And it's a full spreadsheet, like the one that you have on your phone. I'm like, look at that. No, That's so impressive. We're my two favourite parts, watch the waves <laughs> and drive around and think about the live being <laughs> It honestly reminds me of that time that they released Princess Margaret's daily um, routine. And because I was so obsessed with the crown at that time, I was like, oh my God, like every day she'd wake up, have a gin and tonic, have a bath like eat two eggs and then have another gin and tonic and go to bed and also can I just say that's definitely not an accurate representation of what the schedule they released was 3 to 4pm tense meeting with the girls and then in small font in the car in the car (laughs) (laughs) so good brilliant so that tweet now I'm telling you that that's one of the best big little live tweets. Another one, right? You know the way you were saying that you kind of fancy Corey. Yeah, I actually do. So another tweet this week, if I can find it somewhere, um, was is it from, down the end of that page? <laughs> what is thanks, Will from Gabe Bergdo? Gabe Bergdo on Twitter. He posted something gas. He wrote, "I finally realised why I find Corey from Big Little Lies so attractive," and he tweeted a photo of. Now I don't know if you're going to remember don't this. Don't tell me. Logan from Zoe 101. Did you ever watch that? Are you? Of course. Oh, I, I know. The song did. is so good. The, the theme song's amazing. Remember, she got pregnant and it was like the shock of the millennium. <sighs> it's just because they never went back for a, like a sequel or a movie. Like, no, Zoe and goes to Rome like Sabrina goes to Rome. Britney Spears' baby sister is having a child. <sighs> like, she looks so happy now. She is living her she's best so, life. She's so fabulous. But yeah, it was the biggest scandal because the show ended. Because they obviously Corey couldn't. isn't Logan, is he? They're I don't think the they're the same person, actor. They? No, they're not. They're but they just similar. look alike. And someone okay. tweeted being like, now I know why I kind of fancy Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. I'm telling you, I'm picturing Zoe Winnowin crystal clear in my head. Yeah, and like the starting song, which we won't. Just I've, do a little. No. Just remind me a tiny bit. No, I'm Go, not. I'll please. do it after. If you want to stay, come and stay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've sung four times this week. In Yeah. You're done <laughs> yeah, right. Know. Uh, so guys that is it for this week's episode of Big Little Shrine if you have any burning thoughts or theories or if you think myself and Hannah are insane with or some of ours you just want to talk absolute shite <laughs> with us uh, evidently that's what this was contact us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram we are at ShrinePod or you can email ShrinePod at gmail.com we would really appreciate if you could subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts Big Little Shrine and yes. rate and review us we need a few reviews like so far Do it's we? been you me and Brendan you can is that it? You can write mad stuff in the reviews. You can make stuff up. Once it's positive. <laughs> Once it's But say positive. whatever you want. Uh, next week, Brendan will return from his glamorous holiday and the Shrine Sisters will be back worshipping Meryl Streep's sass the together again. Three. The Monterey Three. Until then. Goodbye now. <laughs> I will not not be rich. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.